Minimalism is the movement that encourages you to live with less. Less stuff, less possessions, less clutter, and find more joy and more time to focus on what matters. So what is minimalish? It's the grace-filled way of doing the same thing. Sustainable, realistic minimalism that actually makes sense for your life. The Minimalish Podcast is here to help you make life lighter realistically. I'm your host, Desiree, and my passion is to help you create room for what matters to you by cutting the clutter and excess stuff in your home and your life. It's not just about decluttering and having a tidy home, but about how having less stuff will give you more time and more space to focus on creating the life you actually want to live. We'll talk about topics of minimalism, motherhood, simple, intentional living, and everything in between here on the show each week. Let's walk towards simple together. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Minimalish Podcast. I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here with you. Love coming here each week and chatting with you. And this week, We are going to continue our chat on contentment. So last week, I started talking with you about getting content, and we talked about contentment with our actual imperfect homes. And today, I have an interview for you with Diane Bowden, who is the host of the Minimalist Moms podcast. And I'm sure you heard of that podcast before. If you're listening here, you might have listened there as well. But if you haven't, you should head over and check out the Minimalist Moms podcast In my interview with Diane, we talk about a lot of different things, including her journey to minimalism and what it looks like to be a minimalist mom. But we also talk about contentment. And that's why I wanted to continue the conversation on contentment in this episode. So we're going to get to that interview with Diane in a little bit. But first, I wanted to talk to you a little more about contentment. So whether it's with our homes or our lives, I just want to talk about mindset shifts that we can make to become more content, not just with our homes, but with our lives in general. So that might look like, you know, getting content with your closet or getting content with your job or, you know, even with your family, whatever, getting content with your life right where you're at. And just a little side note, contentment doesn't mean that we're not reaching for, you know, a better version. So being content with our lives doesn't mean that we can't move forward and reach for better in our lives and do the best that we can to better our lives. So contentment is not the same as complacency. Complacency is kind of like the negative version where We might not really love what's around us, but we're going to stay here anyways. We might not really love the place we're in, but we're not going to move forward. Where contentment is, okay, let me get grateful for what's around me. And then let me just like continually seek the best version of my life that I can. So that's kind of what I think contentment looks like when we have it in our lives in a positive way. All right, so some problems and mindsets that can keep us from contentment and some shifts that we can make. The first one is comparison. And specifically, I did talk about comparison last week, but I want to talk about comparison versus community. So if we're feeling discontent, we might be comparing ourselves to others a little bit too much. Whether it's discontentment in a job that we usually generally like, but we're just feeling discontent right now, in our lives, in our homes, whatever. We might have our eyes on others a little bit too much and in a negative way. 
I talked about this last week with scrolling on social media and how that's a big way to fall into the comparison trap with our homes. But this is also for our everyday lives. Do you compare yourselves to you know people that you're watching on Instagram or even day-to-day life? Do you compare yourself to family members, someone that you see at the gym, a colleague at work? Sometimes we might not even notice that we're doing it, but we are. So think about it. Can you find anywhere in your life where you're comparing yourself to someone else right now? And probably the answer is yes, because it really is normal to do that, unfortunately. But the bad part is that comparison can lead to jealousy, which makes us feel even worse than just plain old comparison. Why can't we have a bigger house, a nicer car, a more curated closet? We convince ourselves that the other lives we're looking at must be better than ours because of what they have that we don't have. This is kind of that keeping up with the Joneses mindset. This doesn't even take effort to do it. It just sometimes happens. We're conditioned to it, but we can also combat it. So the first way we can really shift our mindset out of that comparison mindset is what I talked about last week, and that's by getting grateful. I'm not going to dig into that this week, even though I do think it is the biggest key to contentment. You can go back and listen to last week's episode. I also have another episode on gratitude way back when, towards the beginning of this podcast, I talked about incorporating gratitude practices into your life, and that was episode eight. So you can go back and listen to that. I kind of hesitate to refer you back that far in the podcast because it's a little bit embarrassing. There were lots of changes that have happened since then, but still, I think it is important to talk about gratitude practices and gratitude when we're talking about contentment. The other mindset shift that we can make to get us out of that comparison is to instead choose community. How can you be a cheerleader to the person that you are comparing yourself to? When we lift one another up, whether whether it's people we don't know or our friends and family who are having maybe what feels like bigger successes than us, We walk towards contentment in our own lives as well because we acknowledge the fact that they can have good, successful things in their lives. We can cheer them on and we can have good, successful things in our lives too, which might look very different than theirs. When we cheer someone else on, even if we might not feel like doing it, we add value to their lives and our own lives. We walk towards gratitude, community, kindness all at once instead of towards comparison and jealousy, which can steal our joy. So next time you feel like comparing yourself or feeling jealous towards someone, cheer them on instead. Remember that their accomplishments do not subtract value from your life or your accomplishments. And then count up the good things happening in your own life and fight the urge to compare. So on the day when I'm recording this, I sent out some of this to my email list as well because I've really been thinking about how comparison can really be combated by choosing community instead. And I wrote a little community over comparison manifesto. So here it is. Her accomplishments have nothing to do with me. They do not add or subtract from my worth. So instead of comparing myself, I will cheer her on and build her up. I will choose community over comparison because I believe I am enough. My gifts and talents are enough. My home is enough. My people are enough. And when I choose gratitude and contentment over comparison, I'll have the freedom to use my time and energy to cheer others on and make the world a better place. So that's kind of my little 
community over comparison manifesto. I hope that that resonates with you in some way. Something else that I wrote to my email list, I'm not going to read you the whole email because um, I do like to keep that stuff exclusive to my email list. They are the first ones to see these thoughts as they're forming in my head. Um, they get exclusive like blog posts from me and everything. So if you're interested in that, there's a link where you can join my email list. But anyways, what I did talk to them about is the fact that when we're cheering someone else on, we don't have to feel it. We don't have to feel happy for them yet while we're choosing to say it. Like, those icky feelings of comparison might still be there, but while those icky feelings of comparison are there, we need to choose to say the nice thing instead. We need to choose to cheer them on through those bad feelings we're having. It might not change our feelings instantaneously just by saying it. You just have to say it anyways and keep saying it, keep saying it, keep cheering others on, keep choosing community over comparison, and then look around at what you have and choose gratitude, even if your stuff or your home or whatever doesn't look as shiny. And eventually, as we continually choose community over comparison, that mindset is going to be one that we are embracing more naturally because we'll become conditioned to that instead of being conditioned to automatically comparing and getting jealous. Okay, so kind of along the same lines, I want to talk about another mindset shift that we can make, and that is from scarcity to abundance. And I'm still learning about this. I'm still learning about the scarcity versus abundant mindset. I still wanted to mention this, but forgive me for being a beginner on my level of knowledge on the subject. So when we have a scarcity mindset, what happens is I don't think we can really be content. With a scarcity mindset, what we believe is that there isn't enough to go around. We believe we need to fight to get something that someone else has because there's just not enough of it. So I think this mindset can lead to accumulating clutter and just like a really joyless life in general. Um, it might have us believing we need to like store up possessions so that we will have enough whenever whatever resource runs out, whatever it is that we're believing there isn't enough of. It's just kind of this overall mindset of believing there just isn't enough of things. And, and when we have this kind of mindset, we feel jealous of others. We find ourselves in a comparison mode a lot with this scarcity mindset because we believe if someone else has it, we can't. Or if someone else gets a promotion, we, we are not going to have success in the future. Someone else is having success that takes away from the success that we can have. It's like believing that only one person can do something and because they already did it, like there's no room for you to do it. I hope that makes sense. So it's hard to get content with that kind of mindset. Instead, we can shift to a mindset of abundance. So with an abundance mindset, we believe that just because something isn't happening for us or we're not accomplishing something or we don't have something right now in this moment, that doesn't mean we won't in the future, that we won't be able to you know, have success or whatever achievements that we would like to have in the future. So since we believe there is an abundance of good things in the world and an abundance of ways to live well, we don't compare ourselves to others. We can easily grab hold of this abundance mindset through looking at the good around us. So again, gratitude. Because if we see all the good that we have, we'll probably start believing that there is an abundance of goodness in the world. And we'll start to get more content because we don't have to fight for the good things. We already have them. They are right in front of us. All right, and the last mindset shift that we need to have is just believing that we are enough. 
I've talked about this before on the podcast. I say this all the time. You are just enough. Intrinsically, who you are, you are enough. And so through my specific belief system, I believe that you are enough because God says that you are enough. And there's more to it than that, but I won't go into it. That's just what I believe. And that's what I'm going to tell you right now, that it's not that you have to believe the same way as me, but you do have to believe that you are enough if you're ever going to be content with your life. You cannot go on believing that you are not good enough because that's just going to trickle over to you thinking you need to fill up your life with things to add value to yourself. You're going to be thinking that a bigger home would add value to yourself. A nicer car would add value to yourself. A job promotion would add value to who you are. So if you don't believe you're enough, you're going to reach for other things to tell you what your value is and to add to your value. But you don't need those things to add to your value. You are enough just as you are. And when I truly can take hold of that belief and believing that God tells me that I am enough, that's when I'm able to truly be content with where I'm at in life, with what I have, because I know that nothing is going to add or subtract from my value, whether I find greater success or whether I, you know, buy the next new pretty shiny thing. None of that's going to add to my value. So I can be content without it or with it. It doesn't matter because it does not add to my value. It does not subtract from my value. I hope that makes sense. All right. So those are my three mindset shifts that I think are important to make if we're going to embrace contentment, if we're going to find contentment in our everyday lives, whether it's with our homes or with other things. And now here's my interview with Diane. I just really love chatting with Diane. Again, she is the host of the Minimalist Moms podcast. She is a mom of almost three, and she's going to tell you a little bit more about who she is at the beginning of this interview. So Diane is going to be talking about some more practical step-by-step ways to follow through with getting content. And I just can't wait to share those with you. So let's just hop into this interview. I hope you enjoy this conversation that I had with Diane. Well, get rolling. Um, Okay. All right. Hi, Diane. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, thanks for having me today. Yeah. Um, Okay, so you are the host of the Minimalist Moms podcast, and I'm so excited to be chatting with fellow podcaster. But before we jump into our conversation today, um, go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do. All right. Well, I'm Diane Bowden. I'm a mother of two, and I actually have one on the way in September. um, We live in Columbus, Ohio, and at this point in my life, my main job I would say as mom, but I do work a couple of days a week, at a local wine bar. That's just kind of like a little side gig, but I also have a photography side hustle. Um, it's somewhat more of a hobby that slowly turned into a business. And then just like what I enjoy are coffee dates, being outside. I love to read. I love podcasts and I love simplicity. That's awesome. Um, that's so cool that you have, that you work at a little wine bar. Is that fun? Do you like doing it? I do. And I keep kicking around the idea of maybe stopping when the third arrives, but I actually like something that's somewhat of my own with other adults. Photography, it's, I know I'm working with adults and their kids, but it's kind of few and far in between that I do gigs and 
this is just something that's consistent. So I, I enjoy it. Adult conversation is hard to get when you're at home with kids. All right. So I would love to know a little bit about kind of your journey towards minimalism. And was there a specific like pain point that drew you towards minimalism? Yeah, actually, I was quite the opposite of a minimalist in my early 20s and my late teens. Um, I'm 30 now, so it's been an adventure to say the least. But I was someone that needed at that point in my life a new outfit, like each time that I attended church or at least a new top. And I hated wearing the same combination of clothing more than once every couple of months. And I just wanted all the newest, shiniest things. And I got myself actually into a little bit of credit card debt before I was even 21. So I'd say I'm remarkably different than that. And um, you talked about a pain point. So really, I guess what that was is after I got married to my husband, we were at my parents' house one day and in their basement. And we were, I think, looking for something. And he looked at me and we were talking about all the boxes of things that my parents had. They're not hoarders, but they are very sentimental. They have a lot of mementos. And he said to me, think of how many hours your dad has worked for things that are now in boxes. And I, (laughs) I say that every time someone asks me about my minimalist journey, because it was like that point that kind of got me thinking, yeah, I don't want to work for items that are one day going to be in my basement or one day going to be in the trash. I want to be intentional with the way that we're spending money and living. And so I'd say that that moment really allowed us to hone in on what was important to us and where we wanted to spend our money and intention. Yeah, I love that. I kind of love that, even that thought. That's like a really good picture to keep in your mind um, to remind you about like, you know, what, what am I intentionally spending my money on versus just like making impulse buys. So talk about what that, what has it looked like since then for you? What, what is the biggest change it's made in your life? Mm -hmm. Well, as I said, like the biggest change I would say is that our priorities have really shifted. So um, I and we no longer place so much emphasis on material possessions, um, especially when considering I am a believer, I'm a Christian. And you just think about how, God talks about not to, what is it? Store up your treasures in heaven, not on this earth. And to like keep that mindset and like having the actual visual display in my parents' basement, not to say that I know at some point those possessions made my parents happy. So I don't want to like condemn them for having these things, but um, I'm a very all or nothing thinker. So I'd say the biggest change in my life is that I have really been, um, intentional and prioritizing money and budgeting and just making sure that we are not really being frivolous with our money. And I know minimalism, like money is just one element of paring down, but it's, that's been a huge change for us. And then I'd say in regards to just even like gift giving what people are giving us, I am either very intentional about list making and giving that to others around holidays or birthdays for our children or, um, even just like little um, pins or what are they called? Swag bags. I try to just (laughs) avoid those and bringing anything into my home that I don't necessarily need. So um, as I said, I think being an all or nothing thinker in some ways I've talked about on my podcast before, it can be somewhat debilitating because I 
go so extreme on one way. Like I think Gretchen Rubin talks about being an underbuyer and I can very much relate to that. And I think that there's balance there, but the biggest change overall is just that we are very intentional about our decision-making and we try not to get overwhelmed by so many options in our like oversaturated consumerist world. Yeah. And that's hard to do for sure. But um, I think, you know, if you're consistently making those choices, then it definitely becomes more natural. And it's so hard. All of that, all of those little swaggy things seem to come into our house a lot with, I feel like with kids or just anything. Mm -hmm. We actually, um, the, the church we've been visiting and I, enjoy it but I feel like we always bring home so much stuff from the child care so it's like mm-hmm. everywhere in our culture <laughs> wants mm-hmm. to give us more stuff to bring into our home and it's so hard to pare that stuff down because some things mean more to your kids than you and so I feel like there's a good balance of what are the best things that you've made this year from church and maybe we'll take a picture of it and then we'll put it into a shutterfly book. That's what I've done with a lot of my daughter's preschool work and artwork or just a special thing that she's made at church. We just take a photograph of it. And then at the end of the year, I print out a shutterfly scrapbook, but her pages, her artwork are included in that. So we don't have like the tangible items anymore, but we can still see it and look back on it. And I usually just like write a little description underneath of it for her. Oh, I love that idea. That's so, that's such a great like little tip for how to store some artwork and just in a way that it will like be able to be cherished, but it's not taking up a ton of space and in a way that it will actually be looked at. Yeah, my parents, one of those boxes in their basement is my preschool artwork. (laughs) I tell you, I have not looked at that. I think I was really interested maybe in elementary school to pull that down from time to time, but yeah, I mean, I haven't looked at it and I mean, at this point, maybe it'd be nice to see a few things, but I'm kind of curious. Like, I don't think the glue is probably holding together. I wanted to take a minute and ask you, what are you doing to support your health? It's probably important to have some kind of healthy routine as we move into a more active season with spring well underway. Whether you're looking for energy, better sleep, to maintain stress, or something else to help you feel your healthiest, today's sponsor, Care Of, can help you out. It's a subscription service that makes it easy to get vitamins, protein powders, and more delivered straight to your door, personalized to you. They have this online quiz that's going to ask you about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle choices. And I found this quiz to be super fun. It's quick. It only takes five minutes really to figure out your own personal and scientifically backed recommendations. And it even asked about postnatal and prenatal care, which was super important to my current phase of life. I just love the care of makes it easy and convenient to figure out what you need to be your healthiest and what vitamins and supplements that you should personally be taking. They even offer vegan and vegetarian supplement options. So to try out care of and get 30% off your first order go to takecareof.com and enter the code minimalish30 that's takecareof.com and enter code minimalish30 at checkout to get 30% off your first order all right let's get back to today's episode so I would love to hear a little bit about your podcast and kind of how that started for you. I'm sure a lot of our listeners right now know you because you are the host of the Minimalist Moms podcast. So that's how they know you. So tell me a little bit um, more about that. Yeah. So it started... Um, basically I, uh, was in a mops group for mothers of preschoolers and I met a woman named Megan Erickson who was, I think she was 
ahead of MOPS at that point for our church. We started following each other on social media and I saw that she was blogging at the time and uh, made a blog of 12 goals for the year. So her June goal was to start a podcast and that was something I'd been kicking around at the time myself. So I reached out to her and we got together for drinks and we both um, gathered that we both really valued minimalism and living intentionally. So it looks different for both of us because I live in like a 900 square foot home. She lives in a like 4,500 square foot home. So I think people kind of like that balance and the banter that we used to have um, when we were both recording together. So a couple months after we met, we began the podcast and that was in 2016. And then it was only until recently in December that Megan has taken on a job full-time with Hope Writers. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with that, but I've kind of taken over as the sole host of the show now. So it's been, it's been really fun. And I mean, we really did start off not knowing anything about how to podcast or like how to edit. And it's been, um, it's been an interesting journey. And honestly, it's so funny. We, we didn't think anyone would listen. So it's really exciting to see how it's grown into a little community of moms. Yeah, that's awesome. There's so much involved in podcasting when you're just like starting out knowing nothing. And luckily, the internet um, can help us learn anything, I feel like these days. So, but um, I, I love what you what you both have done from the beginning and, and what you're doing now. Um, it's just a great little show about minimalism. And for sure, anyone listening to Minimalish would love your podcast if they don't know it already. So we will add that in the show notes, of course. And I really want to know, because your podcast is called The Minimalist Moms Podcast, um, I want to know what does like minimalist motherhood mean to you? Or like, what does it mean to be a minimalist mom? And how do you think minimalism helps moms? Yeah. So I took a minute to think about this when we talked previously. And I'd say that minimalist motherhood is really all about intentionality. And I think that even in motherhood, like we have all these various roles that we play as either like housekeeper or educator or like we're spouses. Some of us are spouses. So like, I feel like so often we're pulled in every direction, but when we come back and center ourselves with what's important or what has already been deemed a priority, we feel lighter or less taxed. So I think that minimalism can be an emotional paring down or a physical um, paring down. So in regards to motherhood and minimizing possessions, um, I'd say it's just like setting boundaries and taking intentional note of what's important to us and our families. Um, and then in regards to the emotional element or the mental element, it's maybe being less harsh on ourselves or like taking out some of the voices that are speaking to us on a day to day. So I think it just looks different for all of us because as I said, Megan and I were very different, but both pursuing a minimalist journey in motherhood and um, why I may enjoy fewer items in my home. um, You may have more items in your home, but you have them all organized and in place and like, that's great too, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. That's such a good perspective because we are all so different, like from the number of kids that we have to like, you know, the amount of time we've been moms, just everything about it um, is different for all of us. But yeah, we can all kind of pursue it in our own ways and it can benefit all of us. Yeah, it's more about like the intentional decrease for each of us. It's going to look so different. Yeah. Okay. So 
as a mom of two and almost three, which congrats, uh, that's exciting. Um, how has minimalism helped you be content with your life and content with living with less? Because I think when we bring kids into the world, like we want to give them everything and there are like, you know, consumerist culture says that that's what we're supposed to do. So how have you, how has minimalism like made you able to be content with less? Mm-hmm. So I, I said back when Marty and I were first married, I had to really ask myself, what do I value in the long run and what's going to be most important to us and me in 20 to 30 years? So I've kind of done that as I've had children. So where do I place mine and my family's focus? And so in being content, I'd say I'm very big on experiences over possessions, as I said. And then I just have to with social media being so prevalent, I are not prevalent, but just in our faces, I've had to really discern on who to follow. And I feel like it's been very helpful to follow like-minded individuals. And that way I'm not comparing myself to people that have like the perfect home or people that have a lot of things that I like. Um, I think when we start comparing or just getting the either FOMO or um, I don't know. I, I think sometimes we can feel envious or jealous even of people that um, have more than we do and we aspire to have. But I really have found a contentment in just focusing on those experiences over possessions and just reminding myself, like, what is it that we're really working towards? And another way that I've been really content is, um, as I said, I'm all or nothing and I'm somewhat fickle in making decisions. And so in regards to what's trendy right now, I just have seen that like trends come and go, obviously. And by the time that my fickle self makes a decision, the next trend has already arrived. And so I feel like it's given me insight onto how meaningless um, what we're being sold to by marketers really is. So I don't know. It's, it's these little like mind shifts that you have to cultivate and really either find people that are like-minded and you have to choose it. You have to choose to be content with what you have. What you have is not going to look like what your next door neighbor has. Yeah, that's so true. It's not something just happens. Like you get rid of your stuff and then all of a sudden you're content. Like you have to work on that mindset. So that's for sure. Such a great, such a great tip. So do you think there are kind of like along the same lines as the discussion we've been having, do you think there are certain steps to, becoming more content with less um, or have there been certain steps that have worked for you at least? Yeah. Like I said, turning out the noise of family members that are either overbuyers or maybe their love language is gifts. Um, kind of sometimes those people can speak into you, into your lives and not even necessarily be meaning to be negative, but I think we just have to remember, like, keep going back to your priorities, keep going back to like the list you've made for yourself or with your spouse. And remember, like, that is your goal. Like, I just have had to keep reminding myself of that. Cause like I said, I used to be really into clothes and fashion in my early twenties. And now that's just something I don't really ever think that much about anymore. Um, and I'd say like, in regards to like simple steps, I've just stay out of stores. Um, I think that that's been really helpful because it's so easy to like walk into Madewell and want everything that you see. But if you're not regularly going in there, it's, you don't really think about it that much. And then, as I said, unfollow people that you compare yourself to and find those people with the same values and ideals as yourself. And 
then they're going to just be reaffirming that you are on the right path that you've set out for yourself and your family. Yeah. I love that. Definitely staying out of stores has been huge for me, especially like even target. I mean, sometimes I have to go there for a couple of things, but some days I'm just like, I just need, if I need some, something small and stupid, I'm like, I just need to order that like sponges or something. I don't know. I just need to order that on Amazon and keep myself out of the store because I know like maybe my willpower isn't going to be as good that day. Mm -hmm. I feel like knowing yourself because there are certain like mindsets for me when I know like I'll be more susceptible to like want to buy something to make myself happy because I can still fall into that. I'm like, okay, just stay out of the store this day. (laughs) Yeah. And one tip that's really helped me with that as well is um, again, remembering that marketers are trying to sell us these pretty things that will make our houses prettier and make us feel good. But by the next time we go to target the next week, we're going to see new things on the shelves. And it's like, how much is enough? Like, when am I going to be satisfied with the things that I've purchased at Target? Because I feel the same way. I'm going there actually after we interview. I have paper towels and something else. And I was like, oh, I'm, my kids aren't here today with me. So maybe I'll take a look in the clothing section. And it's just like, no, you have enough. Like you're pregnant anyways. You don't need any new clothes. So, but it's easy to do. It's easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. So before we kind of wrap up our conversation, um, I wanted to ask you two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is what is something that you're simplifying right now? So being pregnant and spring, I kind of like that they are together right now. I'm in (laughs) major purge mode. And, um, this is not just even with my possessions, but it's with my mindset and, I just need less noise, more quiet, less possessions, which will cause me to be less stressed out in my home. So I'm just major purge mode right now. That's what I'm simplifying. (laughs) So everything. Yeah, pretty (laughs) much great. That's a good thing to do, I feel like, before you bring another child into the world. So that's great. Um, Okay, and what is something that you can't stop talking about right now? So something that you're loving. Okay. So I am a huge reader. I talk about it regularly on the podcast. So books on tape have been really helpful to me in the last handful of years. I was a nanny in college. um, And whenever I would go on walks with them, I'd push them in the stroller and listen to a podcast as I was pushing the little girl to school. I just really love books on tape or podcasts. And I feel like they're just so accessible to everyone. And a lot of... um, there's an app called Overdrive that connects to local libraries and you just put yourself um, on lists for newer books. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get the book in that you are looking for. But I I just absolutely love it. And I always share for people that feel like they don't have enough time to read. I'm like, audiobooks are where it's at, especially if you have a commute. I feel like that's very helpful. Or when you're cleaning or if you have an evening walk, you can get so much listened to, especially with time and a half speed. The other thing I was going to say that I can't stop talking about right now is nitro cold brew. And I don't necessarily always want to go to Starbucks because I like to support local businesses, but sometimes you're in a hurry and you just have to swing through or order it on your phone. But their nitro cold brew at Starbucks is actually, it's so amazing. It has this little frothy foam on top of it and I just love it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I love their foam cold brew with the nitro cold brew. That's so good. So good. I'm not minimal in the area of coffee. That's (laughs) something I need to pare back. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I love coffee too. And I, I end up at Starbucks often as well, just because mostly because I go and I do some work on Sundays and it's like the only coffee shop near me open, but, but oh yeah, that makes sense. They open early. <laughs> yeah. But some of their stuff is very good. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Diane. Um, I love this conversation, especially just talking about contentment. I think that's such a huge part of minimalism and part of like the heart behind minimalism. So thank you for your insight on that. And thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast. So this was awesome to be on it. I love your podcast as well, of course. So it's always (laughs) lovely to chat with someone kind of doing the same thing as you. So it's, um, it's been fun. All right, guys, isn't Diane great? If you haven't listened to the Minimalist Moms podcast yet, you are going to need to check it out. Um, I have loved getting to know her, and I know you will too. But what I wanted to do right now is just quickly summarize those three practical tips that Diane gave to help us you know, walk towards contentment. And the first one was to stay out of stores. Of course, we have to buy things in our everyday lives, so sometimes we do have to go into stores. But We don't have to walk into stores that might tempt us to buy something we don't need just for fun. So sometimes window shopping can be fun and other times it can just tempt us to get discontent. The other tip she gave is to unfollow. Unfollow the accounts that are tempting you to buy something new. I have this struggle in particularly with clothing and I found that I've needed to unfollow fashion bloggers that I have followed in the past. And the last tip she gave is just to remember that trends will change. Diane is so right. The stuff on Target's shelves are constantly changing and not necessarily talking Target, but like in the fashion industry, there are 52 micro seasons per year, guys. There are so many trends that are going in and out so fast. And the promise of something flashy and new that will improve our lives is constantly flashing before our eyes. Spending money is not a bad thing. It's the habits that we have around spending that can get us into one, into trouble financially, but they can also get us to accumulating things that just don't matter and creating an overwhelming home environment, among other negative things. But decluttering is not going to stop us from purchasing new things. Just putting the label of minimalist on ourselves, it doesn't change our mindsets. It takes work to do that. It takes habit change. It takes walking daily, weekly, sometimes every minute, towards a mindset of contentment. It takes those mindset shifts I talked about at the beginning of this episode. I still go back to this, though. The main thing we need to do to walk towards contentment in our own lives, the thing that kind of overshadows all of the other mindset shifts and and tips, is to get grateful. Whether it's being content with your home, your closet, your job, or your everyday life, turn your eyes to the gifts that you already have. And this is where contentment begins. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. That's all I have for today. If you love this episode, let me know by screenshotting you listening in, sharing it on Instagram, sharing the show with a friend, and hit those five stars that you see to give this podcast a rating and give it a quick review to tell me what you're loving about it. This helps other moms get their eyes on the podcast. And I'm incredibly grateful for you when you take the time to do that. I'm incredibly grateful for you either way, guys. You are amazing. I just love that you're here with me each week. 
I love connecting with you on Instagram, on our Facebook community group, which you can find at facebook.com slash groups slash minimalish podcast. And I wanted to remind you that there is one more podcast episode coming out this week. You get to hear the first coffee date episode coming out this Friday. I'm still not telling you who it is. It's a surprise, but I can't wait for you to hear this episode. It's going to be a fun one. Definitely don't miss it. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already so that you get it first. Can't wait to chat with you guys then. Until then, cheers to walking towards contentment and simplicity in our everyday lives. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.